This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I are joined once again by Bryce Palm, a great friend of the show, and we're going to be talking about college football, some NFL, and the UFC. We're going to talk about some big games happening in the college football this this upcoming week, and then we talk about in the NFL our winners and losers of the first half of the season. And then we talk about some big fights that are happening and some implications that could happen coming from these fights. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. We have another trio this week. It's myself, Ben, that's Josh, and Bryce is back. Man, he is just, you know, he's becoming, like, I think he might be the all-time leading guest right now. I was thinking the same thing. Like, this is, I think this is his third, third appearance. This might be the top. This top unless, unless Jared made a couple more appearances before I have. No, he on. didn't. He did okay. not. And Chris Drew's only been on twice. So I right. think, yeah, I think Bryce has now hit the leaderboard of, of most. So... I think that bring that leads to the question of Bryce. If people ever want to be a guest on the Baseline podcast, how do they do it? You've managed to get on a third time. What's the secret? <laughs> I if, guess if, knows knows something about a a certain sport that mm. others don't. Maybe I don't know. I mean, mm. I got on because of UFC. So <laughs> gotcha. Just know something about like about like curling, and you will yeah we'll have you lacrosse sure. or mm. something, and have a lacrosse special episode. <laughs> All right. If uh, anyone out there like. I don't know. Will Compton is listening. Uh, that's how you got Which, it. By the that's way, Josh gave it. up on that many moons ago at this point. <laughs> I think <laughs> I got up to 30 days twice and, I, and then I forgot like one day, both times. So I reset and then I was just like, man, I've done this for two months now. And yeah, you know, maybe it's just the way it is. Yeah. I don't know if they're still doing the whole thing on Twitter to get Rich Eisen on, but they were, that's what inspired me to do. I was like, dude, I wonder if, if Will could just view this and like it, like maybe he'd get a kick out of it. I don't know. But you know, he never did, and he never came on. But hey, they're still doing it. the Rich Eisen tweets, man. That's crazy. Like, mad props to their guys. That is that is props on their editing team. Um, no, I uh, I will say this: that it's been a great weekend of football for sure. Uh, basketball, college basketball started by the way, uh, which is awesome. I love college basketball. NBA is off off going, and Cleveland Cavaliers are actually winning, which is mm. awesome to see. So uh, there's many things to talk about. But Josh, I think you have. We, we will talk UFC, obviously, because Bryce is on. Like we can't waste that knowledge. Um, we all know how last time went, and it was basically Ben was correct on almost every single thing. And we all know that <laughs> I am the genius when it comes to UFC picking, as Josh loved to point out before we started recording. So, um, yeah, it that's what we're going to be finishing up with. But we're going to start with some football. So, Josh, hit it away. What are we starting with? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll go to the NFL, and since we're like at the halfway point, I think uh, it's time to talk some like winners and losers of the first half of the season. Yeah, which yeah. teams have been shocking us? Which teams have been uh, disappointing to us? Uh, maybe some players and coaches that have surprised mm -hmm. us positively or negatively. I'm just going to kick it off, guys. My biggest winner for the first half of the season has got to be the New York Jets. Oh, right now, they're, sure. six, they're six and three. They're tied for second place in the AFC East division right now. They're young. They got a quarterback that's uh, like not probably ever, like the 30th option from most teams, right? You'd probably pick 30 quarterbacks before Zach Wilson, but they nailed this draft getting guys like Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall before he got injured. And uh, yeah, they just got the big win over Buffalo too, who's winning that AFC East division. So at least for the first half of the season, guys, my biggest winner, it's the Jets. And I don't think it's even close. Yeah, Bryce, you got you. You want to go with yours? What What is your biggest so surprise? We're going biggest winner first. You can I mean, like your biggest surprise. Biggest any winner, way whatever, you want to go, you man. Put. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just opening a, up. There's a, a lot of things. I mean, I could go with 
Justin Herbert's kind of stinky play. Aaron Rodgers kind of stinky uh, play. Yeah, Tom um, Brady too. Ugh. Yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, there's, there's so many ways I could go with it, but I mean, as an Eagles fan, I'd say the most surprising thing is actually the Eagles' success to me. The fact that we're undefeated. People can say what they want about the schedule and blah blah blah. That's um, the other thing, man. I don't want to interrupt you, man, but does anyone realize how difficult it is to go undefeated yes. in the NFL? Super like hard. after three weeks, everyone except the Eagles was defeated at some point. Yeah, like this is. All the best guys from college football on 32 teams. Everybody's good. It's not college football where you're taking the best high school kids, splitting them up between, you know, 130-something programs. This is the NFL. It's the best of the best. And, I mean, if we want to talk about some teams that the Eagles have beaten, it's like, well, those teams have beaten other teams. Like, we're not talking about the losses that they've had. So, it's like, I don't care what the Eagles' schedule looks like. Yeah, I'm I mean, at this point, big W. The, the stats that have been going around, I keep seeing – people share that the Eagles have had the tough, tough, toughest schedule. So, I mean, and people got to realize how those schedules are made. Like, so they base the schedule on the rankings from the previous year. So like, for example, if you finished third in the NFC South next year, or you finished third in the NFC South, you'll play the third place team in the NFC East the next year. So it's like, it matches it up even based on, you know, kind of where the team left off from the previous year. Uh, obviously teams will look a little different, but Eagles have had the 12th hardest schedule. Um, and we, we've played the Vikings, who are arguably, I would say, probably the second best team in the NFC, cha- NFC right now, which actually are, is a team that I had predicted to go to the NFC championship. So, man, Eagles just surprised me. Jalen Hurts' improvement, I think, on that team, if I were to pinpoint one thing, has been the thing that um, has surprised me the most. Because I know in the beginning of the year when I was on and we talked about it, you know, I thought like, okay, this is it. Like Jalen Hurts has got to do something. And I was really iffy, but man, I mean, the improvement that he's made is crazy. Jalen Hurts is definitely a winner. And the only reason the Eagles aren't like the team that I headlined with is just because the Jets have been like a cellar dweller. And the Eagles, while they haven't been, you know, crushing it by any means, they still got some wins in the division. They've gone, I think, first place a couple times in the last few years. But, I mean, the Eagles, I mean, they're definitely worth mentioning. Jalen Hurts and the Philly squad, that trade for A.J. Brown's looking really good right now. That defense is, I think, leading the NFL in turnover differential with 15. I think the second place is seven. So the defense is forcing turnovers. The offense is taking care of the football. The Eagles are a big winner in the first half of the season. Yeah, I just want to shout out to A.J. Brown as well. I mean, that man, generational <laughs> wide receiver. He's given me Kelvin Johnson vibes. I mean, he, the dude's so big and buff. Like, you wouldn't think he'd be running, like, a lot of yards after catch when he gets the ball. But, man, when he gets the ball, even on short downs, he's so elusive and somehow still breaks off big runs. Oh, yeah. Mm. Ben, so, who's yes. a big winner for you? So I have I have two quarterbacks that are big winners for me. The first big winner, and actually one of them, and then there's a third one that's a loser for me, right? The big winner for me is Geno Smith from the Seattle Seahawks. This is why. I want you to listen to these numbers. Geno Smith, this this season, right, coming in, no one really thought, okay, what's going to happen, right? He is first in uh, completion percentage. Yards per attempt, he's seventh. Touchdown passes, he's fourth. Passer rating, he's fourth. Expected points added per pass attempt, he's eighth. Um, And the guy he was traded, the guy that was traded, you know, to another team is, um, by the way, three and five and is outside the top 10 in almost every category. So for me, 
if you're Seattle Seahawks to be sitting there at six and three with Geno Smith, who many people wrote off as just being a backup, a glorified backup, maybe start here and there. This guy has put on a performance that I might be too soon to say, but could earn him a contract next year. And, you know, Josh, I know we talked about it. You know how Ohio was on the, the Broncos, but the Broncos just, you know, that's part of the, this, the, this, the bad side, right? I think the, a big loser for me has been, has been um, Russell Wilson and the Devon Broncos combined, like Russell Wilson, you're paying him $245 million and you, you got nothing. You, you, you produce nothing. You're struggling, you're injured. And it's like, you're, I mean, the Seattle fans were, were bummed when he left. I, some of them were, some of them were happy, but for the most part, you're looking back and like, hey, I'll, who would have thought Geno Smith would be in a better pickup at this moment in time than what Russell Wilson was? And I think it goes to show that it's also what's around you, how it plays out. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson said, let's ride. But uh, Geno Smith said, let's win. So, you know, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where I think at the end of the day, Geno Smith has just proven that when you work your tail off and you put the effort in, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, come out to to fruition. And the other guy, and this is not trying to be biased, but my other kind of winner when it comes to quarterbacks is Jacoby Brissett. Like, if you if you just talk about a guy who is told basically, hey, you're a, you're a you're a fill in until week week thirteen or whatever when when Deshaun comes back, you're not going to be the starter after this. What does he do? He goes out and he's in the top ten, top fifteen in many stats. And he's just he's maintaining an offense. Yeah, they're three and they're two and three and six, three and five, three and five, yeah, three and five. They're three and five, right? It's not look. It doesn't look great, but they're in the spot where they need to be. And he's made the throws he has to. He's not overworked. And so for me, that is a winner that I think no one will really talk about it. If they were five and three, everyone would be talking about it. But but since they're three and five, it's it's not going to be talked about a lot. But. Jacoby Brissett has really just it's, it's shocked me on how well he's played and the throws he's made, um, the using his body, which, you know, CJ Stroud could learn more of, but that's besides the point. Um, but it's, you know, one of those things where I think both Geno Smith and, 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 and Brissett were told basically like, Hey, it's kind of like a, a rental deal. And they both kind of balled out and they've, they've showed what they, what they're worth. Yeah. I think Brissett, uh, I'll start with him. Uh, He's definitely been playing above, I think, what his caliber is. Yeah, He's been asked to do a little bit more, I think, than what he has in the past. And because of the record, people aren't going to talk about it. I think there's other reasons the Browns are losing games. And, oh, I mean, absolutely. You could, you could argue Jacoby Brissett's one of them just because he's not, you know, a top 10 quarterback and there's throws that he just isn't going to be able to make uh, with his skill level. But he's he's done more, I think, than what the team has asked him to do. And uh, there's other reasons that Cleveland's losing those games, I think that you can point to first before Jacoby. And then, yeah, Gino, dude, man. I mean, before the season started, we were talking about, okay, yeah. are the Seahawks going to draft CJ Stroud or Bryce Young trade for in Baker the, Mayfield in the next draft, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, the Baker Mayfield trades too. But mostly, like, this was a tanking season. And their first place, meanwhile, the Rams, who I believe were your Super Bowl champ prediction, Ben, are three and yeah. five. The Cardinals, who yeah. I thought were, uh, like, trending high, are three and six. And the 49ers are just four and four right now. So Seattle might have been looking at possibly being a, a contender for that first overall pick to now under Geno Smith getting, dare I say, a first-round buy in the playoffs. Oh, my like that's, goodness. That's, crazy. that's still in play. I know the Eagles will probably get the one seed, but – I mean, it's not like the Seattle has been mathematically eliminated yet, but they're going to get a home playoff game probably. So, props to Geno Smith. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, I think we all, I mean, I drafted Russell Wilson in fantasy football, so I feel everything you said about losers over there. And that is me right over here. Bryce is uh, in a league that I'm in. I'm pretty sure that that's the league that I drafted Russ in. So, yeah, big L to Russell Wilson. I mean, he's got just as good receivers over there with Judy and Cortland Sutton, I think. He's got a better running game over there with Javante before he got hurt and now Melvin Gordon. But, yeah, man, it's uh, it's looking like Russ was has been the issue low-key. Like, and that's not to take away anything from the dude. He's won Super Bowls. He's been one of the NFL's top five quarterbacks in the past. But right now, man, it's just he's looking like a problem. No, he is. And and, and it's nothing against, you know, what he's done in the past. But there's a point when I think that the, you know, the the table starts tilting a little bit. And, and you're kind of running, not maybe running out of steam, but it's starting to go downward rather than upward. And you look at Aaron Rodgers, not the same. Tom Brady is not the same. Um I know I hate to say that because it's, you know, Tom Brady, but let's be honest, watch some of his games. He's not the same. Um, There's so many of these quarterbacks that aren't the same. And I think you're seeing this new generation. I mean, think about Baker Mayfield. We we've all been proven. I've been proven right. And Josh has been proven wrong Um, (laughs) that uh, that that Baker Mayfield truly is not a quarterback that will ever probably be a consistent starter, at least in the near future. Um, But this happens in football. Right. And 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 it's nothing against any of these quarterbacks. It's just, Hey, these are the ones we see that are doing well. Um, and I think, you know, even Justin Fields this last week has shown what we all knew about Justin Fields. He's finally was able to show it. It was in a loss, but he's still finally able to show that it. That man said, fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Dano style. I mean, but literally though, Justin Fields, I tell people, if you put him on a good team, Oh my word. Can you imagine if he was on the Ravens or if he was on the, the, Let's say even the Seahawks or some one of these teams. Can you imagine what that those offenses would look like? And it, it'd be crazy. But that's just what happens. It, it's the cards you're dealt. Yeah. Yeah. I so badly want to see a former Ohio State quarterback do well in the NFL. <laughs> and I really that, thought Fields. I think he will be. I think he'll be the one. I think he. I mean, that's that's the that's the vibe, right? Is Ohio State can't produce quarterbacks. JT Barrett flop. Braxton Miller turns into a wide receiver. Dwayne Haskins doesn't pan out, and uh, yeah, Justin Terrell Fields. Pryor didn't do anything. Terrell Pryor had to play receiver. Yeah, it's. I mean, the list goes on and on. Even through three different coaching, you know, ten years at Ohio State, Trestle, Urban Meyer, and Ryan Day, it's like where's the quarterback talent? Even Troy Smith winning a Heisman. Like yeah. I think he ended up being a sixth round pick and a career backup. So. That's not to say that, like, you know, just because Wyoming produced Josh Allen, that they're like a better quarterback yeah. factory than Ohio State is. But it's just like you would think after having all like these uh, playoff appearances that one of just one of those quarterbacks would do something in the league. That's true. It is. Yeah, that is a fun little side uh, discussion to have another day. But I'm going to throw out a loser, guys. Josh oh, McDaniels. It. Dude, Josh. By the way, Bryce, I just want you to know, Josh was never for this. Like, Josh I was, was never so for this. this. I was against Josh McDaniels from the get go, but <laughs> even with that, I thought the Raiders, after making a trade for Devontae Adams and uh, grabbing yeah. uh, Chandler Jones in the off season, I thought that the Raiders would be finishing second place in this division. And I mean, how do you make additions to your offense and defense like that and get worse? We saw yeah. like. Rich Basaccia as an interim coach and Derek Carr led this team into a wild card spot that they had no business uh, like no. winning. And Josh McDaniels comes in here with a better roster and tanks them to the bottom of the division. So that's the, that's I'm, the I'm looking like what's the what's what's the de- co- common denominator here? I don't know. I haven't watched a, like a, a Raiders game yet to know what's going on here. If Josh McDaniels is just 
clueless at calling plays, but I'm seeing a lot of Derek Carr hatred. And I'm like, this guy's been an MVP candidate multiple times. He can play ball. It's definitely not on him. I'm pointing it at Josh McDaniels 100%. Hey, I agree with you. I like I've always said Josh McDaniels has never truly won anywhere he's went. If you really think about it, he's never truly won. Like in the chances that he's had away from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, he I think he was at Denver for three seasons. He had the one Awful. playoff appearance with Tim Tebow where he had the, you know, the miracle overtime touchdown yeah. pass. He uh got hired on as the Colts head coach and then flaked on that, which is why they had Frank Reich and side note fired this fired. week. Fired. <laughs> So he fled back Jeff to New Saturday, England. by the way, Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, coach. this is, you could say this is Josh's third chance at getting, at becoming a head yeah. coach. And it doesn't look like he's got it in him. Looks like he needs Bill or he needs Tom to uh, be successful wherever he goes. So yeah. that's what, that's what I'm saying. Uh, leading off my losers with uh, Josh McDaniels. I don't know if uh, Ben kind of already threw one out with Russell Wilson. Bryce, who's, who's a big loser in this first half of the season for you? I mean, probably the easiest one, a lot of people would agree, is, is the Rams. I mean, yeah, I don't even know who to yeah. point the finger at. I mean, I think a lot of people still have them in the Super Bowl or at least NFC Championship just because it didn't look like there was going to be anyone in the NFC that was on that level. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't know where to point the finger. I mean, it's practically the same team. I mean, yeah, maybe they don't Von have Miller took off the Buffalo, but I think that's the only notable loss. Andrew Whitworth retired. Like, yeah, I mean, would, these you, are, would you would you want a forty year old as your left tackle? You know, like, like if you're yeah, if you're Andrew I mean, Whitworth, I'd take you. I'm sure the Rams would. Sure. I don't know if I don't know if their left tackle is an issue right now, but I'm sure that they hated to see him go at the same time. Yeah, I I mean yeah, they don't have I mean, Odell, no Odell, but he's injured. He's not. I don't think fully. Yeah, Allen him. Robinson and Van Jefferson, I think had a couple injuries there too, but I think. I Still, think uh, the play has just been mediocre on every end. Right. Like Matthew Stafford's nowhere near where he was no. last year. I think Cooper Cup's been good. I mean, it's tough to maintain like a record setting pace that he had last season. But but teams are figuring out. They're 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 doubling him. They're they're bumping him off. They'll start with a, a, a like a nickel. They'll bump him off to a linebacker, then we'll bump him off. Like they're just like almost like it's almost like basketball, right? When he plays his own and you bump him off. It almost seems like this is what they're doing with Cooper Cup. They're like, okay, if you want to beat us, beat us. But we're going to make sure we lock down on everyone else. And I think that's what is changing Stafford is he can't make those throws to Cup, I think, as easy as he was able to last year. And I also think that was Odell. I think having Odell at the end of last year specifically, like it opened up things because people are mm-hmm. also scared of Odell. Whereas now it's like, who's your other guy? And that's, that's the question I think for, for Rams fans, but yeah, you know, I, right now they're yeah. 29th in scoring offense, which is unreal. That's just weird. Yeah. And I'm about to check to see where a uh, defense is ranking right now too. Cause I mean, I would have never thought that like a Sean McVay led team no, exactly. or a Matthew Stafford led. He's, spend, he's spending more time right now on, uh, on uh, Campbell's chunky soup commercials than he <laughs> Campbell's is uh, chunky soup ads. Than he is, have you uh, seen that video where McVay like memorizes plays from like, it's, it's stupid. Yeah. He, they ago. pick it. They pick like a quarter <laughs> and like a time on like a random date and he can tell you the exact play. Okay. So much better on the defensive side of the ball. It looks like they are seventh in scoring defense, allowing 21.6 points a game. So looks like offense is uh, who we got to point the finger well, at. When you have Aaron Donald in the middle of your defense, I think that's pretty solid. Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, yeah. That yeah I, mean, I think you're fine. 
Then again, sure. the Browns, the Browns defense sucks. But I will say I want to throw out one like sort of like a loser. I wanted to add this one real quick. Was I'm just gonna stay, I'm gonna say this. I think for me, one of the bigger, I think more of a shock loser to me is uh is the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers has looked like literally an Aaron, I've never seen Aaron Rodgers look like this. Like I, I at least the la- at least the last I remember. And I think everyone thought the Packers like they might not be great, but they were going to be good or good enough to get out of, you know, but when you lose to the Lions, I'm just saying Dude, that like, interception you threw to Aiden Hutchinson in the end zone was not good. No. And so I for me it's the Packers and I think I'm very shocked of how they're playing, but I think it goes with all the veteran QBs. I think him and both the Buccaneers and Packers fall in that same line. Like I think, and I, I'm going to say this with a very brisk pause, we might be seeing the end of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers era. And I mean that. Like, we might be seeing the end of this. And and I wouldn't be shocked if then, I think there's a good chance that, you know, Tom Brady does retire after this year. Um, oh, yeah. Because, I, like, do you, do you think you're competing at the best level? Because... Both you and Aaron Rodgers right now are not competing at the best level of, of these other quarterbacks. I mean, heck, Geno Smith's having a better year than both of you. Let's just put it out yeah. and say that one more time. Geno Smith is having a better year than both t- Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. The other thing that sucks for Tom, too, dude, man, is like he basically threw his marriage away for this season, exactly. right? Just to go four and five and have one of the worst seasons of his career. So it's like if you retired after this and he just wanted to get this last season in and that's how it ends, like, I mean, it's that sucks for him. That is true. But to to follow up with Green Bay, dude, watching them Sunday is just like they literally don't have anyone to throw the ball to, and we knew that was going to be the case when we they always passed up <laughs> they when they passed up receivers in the first round when they you know trade Devonte Adams away. It's like okay, <laughs> Green Bay literally has nobody but Aaron Rodgers now. They're this not is, going to be the thirteen and three or fourteen and three, I guess, Packer team that we've had this, the last you know three or four years. He's covered a lot of a. Uh, a lot of issues on that offense. And I would have thought, okay, now they don't have Devontae. Maybe that still puts them around like the 10 and seven realm, but they're three and six right now. And I didn't see him playing that bad. Well, I, all I know is this is Josh has said this for months now. He goes, we've said this for years. They needed a receiver. And it's like, they just want to always just tick Aaron Rodgers off. <laughs> they it's just like, never want to give like it to you, him. But you have Devontae Adams. You don't need any more. Now, we're now take they don't that have away. him either. And then they took that away. Yeah. Like they do everything they can to piss off their quarterback. And most teams do the opposite of that. They pay them, you know, the Kings ransom with salary. They go out and trade for a big time receiver. Like look at almost every single quarterback in the league. Miami did that for Tua. The Bills did that for Josh Allen. The Chiefs did that Brown for Patrick still Mahomes. Done it. Yeah. Well, Amari <laughs> Cooper, where it's, yeah, it's building still. blocks, baby steps. <laughs> right. But most teams will do that for their franchise quarterback. And the Packers just for one, what reason or another haven't done that. So, yeah, I got to say one other thing, too, guys. I don't know if you want to if you did much research on awards because I haven't either, but I definitely got a hot take for MVP for you. Oh, I want to hear it in the first half. It's got to be to me. I'm going Tyreek Hill. A non quarterback wide receiver leading the league in catches and receiving yards has turned the Miami offense into like borderline what the Rams were last year. Like Tua has two receivers now that can he can just gunsling to. And with me, I like I didn't know if Tua had the ability before. I just 
figured that his health was always going to keep him from being a good football player. And whether it's a little bit of him just figuring things out this year or the addition of Tyreek, and now you can't double up either him or Waddle. I think he's just taking that Miami offense, maybe even the whole entire roster, to just another level that, like, we haven't really seen many receivers be able to do. Like, the the whole uh, – I think the narrative is shifting. In the past, it's been like receivers don't really matter. Look at Tom Brady throwing to Julian Edelman, and now it's like no receivers do matter because look how much better and scarier your offense can be if you have like a Stephon Diggs, a Tyree Killer, or a Cooper Cup. So yeah. that's that's why I'm going with Tyree Kill right now, and that is subject to change in the second half of the season if he doesn't maintain this. But right now, guys, he should be finishing with around I think 150 catches and 2,000 yards like right around where Cooper Cup was last year I'm going MVP Tyreek yo it is funny Josh because you say that and I I read an article that said Nick Chubb would be so happy with all these mid-season picking him to be MVP awards if it wasn't for a guy in in Miami named Tyreek Hill because people literally look really no yeah because people are looking at Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb stats and they're like this is unreal. He's gotten less carries than than Henry. He has more yards now he doesn't. He's 18 yards behind, but still he for most of the year has just been dominating and they're like, "Oh, he would've been leading if, you know, if you would just yeah. Yeah, have Tyreek kill." And I love Nick coming. Chubb too. It's just I think you got to have some team success, right? And yeah, it's course, like, yeah. "Okay, well, how valuable is Nick Chubb if what he's doing is leading to a 3 and 6 record?" Yeah. Yeah, when you think MVP, you think who's helping this team win. Right, and it's not even necessarily to say like it has to be the best player on the best team. Yeah. It's just like who has taken that team? Like how important are they? Like are the Browns still three and six without Nick Chubb? Maybe if Kareem Hunt fills in. That's not to say that Nick Chubb is like terrible by any means. I think he's the best running back in the league right now. But I think right now Tyreek has been a much more valuable player to Miami than what Chubb has been to Cleveland. Yeah, if we were to go around and pick the – MVPs of each team. I would agree with you that Tyreek Hill has been the MVP of the Dolphins. Um, I don't know if I would pick him overall in the entire league. I'd have to do some thinking on that one, but he could be in the discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this year is the year where you're going to see, I think maybe a running back in the discussion, whether that's Henry or that's Chubb. I think this is the year you're going to see at least one wide receiver in the conversation. Like, I just think there's this, this new, I think with the quarterback year being kind of down, this is the perfect time for these guys. That's the other thing, too, is like all these good quarterbacks are having down seasons right now, which is going to open the door, I think. Exactly. 100%. I agree with you. Boom, man. That's a lot of good NFL discussion. You guys got anything else to add or any other topics you want to go over? uh, Josh, we need to pick the uh, Browns game. Uh, because we have this little like thing going on where we gotta I'm pick dominating. some games, boys. So All let's right, see. right now, hold on. Let's goal. give it. Let's, let's give an update. Uh, I believe I am now. Let's see. I am. You're three games behind me now. So you're two and you're two and six, right? Yes, I think so. Right? Yeah, and I'm five and three. I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. After all that that I just said about Tyreek Hill and the Miami offense, who can solve this for me? Miami's the home team this Sunday, and they're only a three and a half point favorite against the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. It's called that. It's called that. It's called that defense. What does Vegas know that I don't? So, Josh, the question is, Josh, is who are you picking? Because this could determine. Now, if we go opposites again, then there's a, there's a chance you're right. I mean, depending on what happens. Well. I'm no, I'm no sports better, but I would take Miami to cover that. So I'm taking Miami in a victory <laughs> this week, straight up, at the very least. I'm going, I'm going Browns, 
27. You're going to you're going to trust on, uh, that secondary on, that's on. been burned well, time and again. I have not picked yet. Josh, I have not picked yet. Let Didn't me you just say I'm pick. going Browns. No, I said I'm going to I was going to say the score, okay? Listen out to the score, okay? The Browns 34 okay. Dolphins 31. Uh, so yes, I did choose the Browns. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you did. Choose the Browns. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the Browns score and then the Dolphins with the winning score next. I was like, oh my bad. It's like no, 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 no. But you think that? I mean, I could see it being high scoring, dude. I don't know like where Miami's defense necessarily ranks, but all I know I don't is think that we're keep. I don't think we're keeping Miami under thirty, dude. Listen, Josh. I mean, if you look at our records, there's obviously one person here that knows what he's talking about. So. uh <laughs> I can't say I'll anything. Take the, uh, I'll take the fins. Uh, I don't think the Browns are going to. Fins are for real. They've earned my respect. Hey, just wait. Wait till wait till Ben next week is sitting here at six and three and Josh is sitting there at two and seven and just struggling. I'm glad that we picked differently, though, because this gives me a chance to catch up. That is true. <laughs> Last week, it screwed you over. But, you know, that's fine. Um, yeah, and this is a game that I have no problem picking against you on. I know you don't. I know. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's the Browns, but I think we could talk about the Eagles game too, since we have. We do have to here. talk about the Eagles yeah, because Eagles the on. Eagles are being viewed much more highly in Vegas than uh, what <laughs> the Browns or the Dolphins are. Yeah. I guess the Eagles right now at home are an eleven-point favorite against the Commanders on Monday night. You no, you mean the Redskins? Remember the Redskins, we, the, the Commies, Redskins. the football team, <laughs> the team that's about to not be owned by Dan Snyder anymore, possibly. A lot of options. Possibly going to be owned by. Let me think. Who is the Who is the Jeff one? Bezos. Put, no, there. Oh, Kevin Durant put his name in there. Well. Oh, Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah, threw his name in there to be like a minority. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, anytime that Vegas puts a team as a double digit favorite, it's always like a huge overmatch. And I expected the Dolphins Browns score to be like that, but they definitely think that this is a Phillies dub, and I think so too. But Bryce, is there any reason that this game could be close? Could it be think? a catch game? Not really. I mean. It's in Philly. I mean, you could say it could be close because it's prime time. There's always extra nerve and whatever. And they last time I believe they played Wentz. This time they're playing Heineke. So um, game plan might look a little different. But I, I don't have any real reason to be like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, I mean, easy win. I think uh, Eagles cover the spread. What do you? What's your predicted score? Uh, let's see. I, I really want to see Philly step it up in the second half. We keep coming out with explosive first halves and dying off in the second half. I'm going to say this week we do more of our scoring in the second half. I'm going to say I'm going to go 35-23 Ooh, taking Philly. I like that. I like right. that. Josh, what are you going with? What's your prediction? Score? Score-wise, I'm going to go Philly, and I'm going to – Pick them to go uh, 31, and I think that uh, the Heineke-led uh, commies are going to go 20. So I'm going to say it's going to be right on that 11-point spread. Of course you would. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Philly, 41. I'm going to go. The commies, 13. I'm going to go Ooh, big, 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 blowout. big dub, big dub. I just, so Hertz game. is going to be sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter then, right? No, because he'll probably, they'll probably be, make a stupid decision. And he'll get hurt because they just think they want to run up. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's the Browns oh, decision. That's, hey, what that's Browns the MVP you're talking about right now. 
Oh boy, Hurts oh, is definitely right. in that discussion too, man. I mean, being oh, the quarterback of the land, if he had team left, you got to be. Cade York is MVP discussion. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh man, it's getting late here. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so that that is now officially all NFL discussion for the day, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to some college football games now because oh, last yeah. week it didn't look like there was oh, going to be much much to like watch. And then we ended up having a lot of uh, upsets. We had three top six teams go down mm-hmm. this week. I think we have a couple other p- possible upsets to be looking out for as well. But uh, let's start off with this one, guys. LSU, after the big win off or at the big win over Alabama at Baton Rouge. Who called it? Did you? We were talking. I know we were talking with Jake about it, man. But I didn't think that uh, the LSU. I, I thought Bama would take the lead early, and LSU wouldn't be able to catch up. But yeah, if you I did predicted pick, that. I, one, I can't I remember. Pre- well, I predicted that, and then I, I, I kind of didn't really give like a certain detail on the show. But then when I did my actual picker on my phone, I actually picked them, and I actually got the score pretty close. So I was pretty mm. close to the score. So double down right. on that one. Well, after the big win against Alabama, LSU now is only a three-point favorite at Arkansas. Interesting. What do we make of that? Is this is this Vegas saying that LSU's due for a letdown? Is uh, this Vegas saying KJ Jefferson will be a quarterback and a pass and Arkansas is a passing team that can actually take advantage of some weaknesses in LSU's defense? I, you know, I think this is where I think where I think you know we, we Josh we talked about how we thought Tennessee might have a letdown not. Was it Tennessee? Yeah. Well, we thought we had Tennessee a letdown against, against Kentucky. Kentucky. Trap game. We thought but that I, was going to be a loss. The difference is, I think LSU, they've had these weird games this year where they get blown out. And so for me, I think there was so much hype in the Alabama game. Brian Kelly needed that win. He needed that win to cement himself to say, this is why I came to the SEC. And I think if you, I, I truly believe, I don't know if they can walk out of this game with a win. Um, I'm still like, I almost feel like they're they're really overhyped right now because they got this huge win against Alabama. Um, I it's just hard for me to go and go. Can they really walk out with a win? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I really on the flip side, Arkansas's got a pretty bad defense. They're five and four. They lost Jefferson's been banged up a couple times. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's not like Arkansas or even Fayetteville yeah, yeah. like a tough road environment to go yeah, to. What so. happened to Arkansas? I mean, they had such a good team. It's like they just cannot deliver in any of these. Ranked games. At, at one point, at one point, Josh had the running back on his Heisman list. Uh-huh. He was that good, man. He was top yeah, five. Turn it up. But yeah, man, I've. This is a tough one for me, dudes. I don't, I don't know who I'm taking in this one. Honestly, yeah, you I think might... Arkansas would have to win another game at this point, but they just they they can't. They've proven they can't. So I'm going with uh, I'm going LSU. <laughs> yeah, they had. I mean. Looking through Arkansas' schedule, like if I remember right, they've beaten Cincinnati, they've beaten South Carolina, but they lost to Texas A&M, they lost to Alabama, they lost to Liberty last week. So it's like they've beaten a couple, I guess, decent teams like Cincinnati, South Carolina. I don't think they're awful, but nothing that anybody's going to like, you know, call a quality win either. And LSU, on the other hand, they've beaten Ole Miss, they've beaten Alabama. Uh, Tennessee blew them out with the pass game that they got, and I don't think Arkansas's pass game exactly matches that. But uh, I'll go ahead and say LSU, but I'm not very confident. It's not a game that I'd be betting on. 
Yeah, I w- I'm going to say I'm going to go say Arkansas. Arkansas pulls the upset, not by a lot. I think it's going to be by like less than a touchdown. So I, I, I think Arkansas pulls out a win here, um, and I think it makes the loss for Alabama look that much worse, which makes me that much happier. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, I mean LSU too, dude. They only beat Auburn 21 to 17. Auburn's in the bottom of the SEC can, West. Can right I also now. say, uh, Josh, there's a good chance that we might not see Alabama or Clemson in the Final Four. Doesn't that make you happy? Oh, I mean, I, I think we're we're definitely not seeing Alabama, dude. I think if as long as Clemson wins out is a one loss conference champ, depending on what the rest of the field yeah, does, of course. they yeah. still got a chance. Mm-hmm. But we still haven't seen a two loss team in the college football playoff yet. So that's why I'm saying that Bama probably is definitely out of it at this point. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Speaking of Alabama, they're a 12 point favorite at Ole Miss. We've seen Bama struggle in some tough road games at Texas, at LSU, and at Tennessee. But we've also heard Lane Kiffin complain about how home games at Ole Miss are lame. And <laughs> Ole Miss has lost to LSU, who Bama has also lost to. So this one, to me, guys, feels like Alabama's going to kill him. Alabama, I mean, Alabama killed Mississippi State after their loss to Tennessee. <laughs> so, like, regardless – of how what you think of Alabama, I think they come off of a loss with a victory here. I don't know if maybe they cover. I think Ole Miss, the run game over there is still pretty good, but I'm taking Alabama to win. I, I'm going to say this. Alabama wins 52-21. I, I, I honestly think – listen, I honestly think, right, like, yeah, Ole Miss has got a run game, but I think – Alabama's just going to pile on the points, I think, fast. I think they're going to open up the gates because I think Saban's mad. Like, I would not want to be a player this past week. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just give the ball to Jameer Gibbs every play. <laughs> just yeah, I hand think it off to him. For one screw Jermaine Burton. Ever, screw Tyler Harrell. Screw Ja'Cory Brooks. Just just give it to that man every game, every play. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm side with, with Ben here. I, I like his prediction. I was going to make a very similar one. Um I'm actually, but it's more so I'm not super sold on Ole Miss. Um, but yeah, I, Alabama coming off a loss. I, I'd hate to be a player on that team. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I say, sure, I, as much as I hate to say, I, I really still think Bama has a, a chance to somehow squeeze into the play. Oh, yeah. You know why? You know why, Bryce? Because it's called Alabama and yeah. they're going to try to get them in any way possible. Well, yeah, they're going to try so hard and they will probably succeed somehow. I don't know, man. And it's going to start Bama's, with the win against Ole Miss. A big win. <laughs> they do. It will look good on the resume for sure. But, I mean, Bama's been in this position where they've had two losses and they've been, like, arguing their case to make the playoff and the committee wouldn't let them in. That is true. Yeah, that is true. So Yeah, it looks like the committee is really focusing on the record this year, at least so far. I mean, TCU is number four. If you were to look at the power rankings, at least my personal ones, I don't have TCU in the top four. But – Records, records talk for sure, man. And speaking of records and TCU, they're going to Texas, Ooh. but Texas is a seven point favorite in this one. Josh loves how much high, high ranked Texas is. <laughs> Texas is so frustrating to, to try to bet on, man. Like, if you're a better and you bet uh. on Texas, like, you got to have a headache from it, man, because it's like you never see the same team twice in a row, yeah. But at least in this case in particular, I think TCU has escaped. Well, I don't know if escape's the right word, but they've played some teams, one score that they probably should have beaten by way worse, whose quarterbacks were also injured in those games. 
and they got issues on the defensive side of the ball, which I think Texas defense, while not elite, I think it's solid. I think they can maybe make a couple stops. I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Texas in this one. I, I don't believe that TCU is a team that's going to finish undefeated, and they got not the easiest of roads to finish undefeated either, guys. I think that this game might be that loss. Ooh. Yeah, I'm I'm ooh, that's John tough. Robinson went off yeah. last week too. Yeah, yeah. I mean you gotta be feeling good about Texas. I only I, to be let down again, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing, right? Like I don't it's know. Like what I, version of Texas are we gonna get? Yeah, and that's my thing. I don't know what version, and I'll say this. I have not been a believer of Dugan all year or Duggan, however you want to say it. Josh knows this. I've been kind of like, uh, but man. There's there's just something about this guy and there's something about this team that just somehow finds ways to win. And I, I'm actually going to pull for TC. I think TCU is going to win this game. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be a score of like 49 to 42. I think it's going to be just one of those shootouts. And yeah, I think I think TCU pulls this out. I think Duggan has a huge game, you know, 300 yards or whatever. But I think he's just going to have a, a great game. And um and in some cases, I want this to finally be the end of Texas in the top 25 for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, they were, they've, they've been that team too. That's like they keep yes. trying to fit them in the top 25. And it's like, why? Exactly. Because they're Texas. Because <laughs> they're got? Texas. Who do you got, Brand? I am taking Texas. Uh, I think Texas is back, baby. I think they're here oh, to stay geez. for the top 25. I know it seems like every other week it's in, it's out, it's in, it's out. But I, I think they're back. Yeah. Um I will say though, if TCU does pull it off, it will definitely solidify uh, Dugan's Dugan's however want to say it position in my high, top five Heisman list. He's still there currently, that we'll get to later. But um, if he wins, I think he definitely cements himself in that spot. But I don't think they're going to win. I think uh, they're going to be exposed. Texas is back. They'll stay in the top oh, twenty-five boy. till the end of the hmm. year. <laughs> Let's move out to the Pac-12 for this matchup. We got Washington at Oregon. Oregon right now is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> Bo, Bo Nix is looking you know, absolutely Good. insane. Uh, Washington still, though, is, uh, I think, 7-2 and two right now, and they got Michael Penix, who's been an absolute gunslinger. And Oregon's defense also is one that's really easy to throw on, as we've seen several times throughout this season. <laughs> this game, to me, guys, I thought Oregon-UCLA had shootout all over it. This one I think, does. <laughs> I think this one also does. And whether or not Oregon wins by two scores, I don't know. I, won't, I wouldn't bet on that, but I am going to go ahead and take Oregon to win at least. Oh, yeah. I This one's tough, but I, I'm going to stick with Oregon. I think Bo Nix has been playing some of the most solid football of for, for sure of his career because he left Auburn. Sorry, sure. Cranes. He left Auburn. That's why he's better now. Um, but uh, Bo Nix is playing really good ball. He's got like 12 rushing touchdowns along with his, you know, 18. He's actually touchdowns. got the most, I think, total touchdowns when you factor in passing and yeah. rushing. He's first. Yeah. And so I think Bo Nix is playing really well and he's, he's uh, really just helped this team, I think, ascend. Um, but again, their defense is, I think, not good at all. Um, but I think this game is going to be, I think, Oregon wins this 56 to 45. I think it's going to be a really high scoring game. Yeah. Like the UCLA game, dude, I, that was a good win for them. I think like they had 
they had the embarrassing loss to Georgia week one. Then it was like, okay, they're winning, but who are they beating? And then UCLA, like limiting uh, Zach Charbonnet and DTR the way that they did. Like, it, I mean, they still had good games, but they didn't go off like what they typically would. So I think they can at least maybe get one key stop against Washington. Michael Penix might throw a pick or two in this one, and uh, that might be the difference there. Plus, Oregon's the home team in that one, just like they were the home team uh, for that UCLA game. So, home field advantage, yep. super important college football we've seen over and over again this season. Uh, so, yeah, that's another reason, I guess, why I would take Oregon. Bryce, the expert picker, what do you got? Yeah, I have to quickly bring up how I'm still a little bit bitter from when I was on a few weeks ago. I don't think I got a proper shout-out from – I think we picked, what, seven games, and I was like 7-0, and oh, and you guys maybe listen, got one or two, Listen, right? <laughs> listen. Bryce, okay. You see, there's this thing where we call a uh, welcoming back guest. You might want to remember that. Just, just keep that in mind. <laughs> so I will say I ended up picking Oregon in that UCLA game, and I think both of you. I can't remember if either both of you did or not, but see, you uh, can't remember. It see, it's over. Oh, oh no but, uh, I remember no, I did. Pick I think Oregon, I took UCLA. I, I think I took UCLA because I think and I said Oregon. I was buying Oregon's UCLA back. stock. I, I was. Mm. Mid-building the case that Oregon is uh, here to stay in the top 10. But this is, and uh, I not. still think they are. I think they're going to keep rolling. Um, I think we'll get a shootout, but that score seems a little outrageous that uh, Ben's given there. So oh. um, I'm, really? going, I'm going Oregon. Have you seen the defenses? <laughs> it's some bad well, I, I, love, I, was, I was looking at the points they've given up, and Oregon's cleaned it up a little bit lately. I mean, they only allowed 24. They allowed 10. They haven't faced a good so passing deep offense, though, like a true good passing offense like Washington, I feel like, though. That's the other thing. I don't know if they face a true passing offense. True. There's going to be this Pac-12 race, guys, is going to be super exciting because right now USC, UCLA, and Oregon all still have one loss, and there's some head-to-heads there. And Utah's hanging around. Yeah, Utah. I mean, what if Utah sneaks into that Pac-12 championship game and wins it, it, dude? I'd be so mad. Mainly because Josh has just been like, (laughs) remove them and remove them from ever. Remember, too, one of those losses was to Florida, so it was non-conference, so it doesn't count towards the Pac-12 standings. That's true. Georgia's or not Georgia, Oregon's lost too as of right now. Also, does not count towards the conference standings. Mm-hmm. So that's another he just, thing. He wanted to add. Going. He wanted to add the Florida thing because it's the one thing they've done good this year. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's it's kind of funny to look back and be like, how how did Florida win that game? <laughs> but Pac-12. Uh, so let's move to the ACC now, where we have Louisville, six and three Louisville at Clemson. Wait, how'd, you, how'd you say that? Louisville? Should I say it, Lowellville? <laughs> is that how we say it? Is that how we say it in Ohio? Lowellville. 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 Six and three, Louisville. Lowellville at Clemson. Clemson, they're giving seven-point favorite to here. But coming off that disappointing loss at Notre Dame where the offense, it, the defense, yeah. or the offense gave away a couple touchdowns. I think there's some I picks. I picked that. This. I picked it. Yeah, I didn't think that. Uh, I didn't think that Notre Dame's offense had what it took to beat Clemson. And I mean, when you get a couple defensive scores, it certainly helps. <laughs> All so I'm, I'm just going to throw helped. that out there. It's it was made, a, it's made us a high state fans so happy. It's made us a high state fans so happy. You have no it does idea, help, Josh. Yeah. It's a it's a, it was a total team effort right there. Offense and defense scoring mm-hmm. points, guys. DJU benched in the I think it was the third or fourth quarter. Kate Klubnik comes in for a drive, throws a pick, <laughs> and then is benched for DJU. So it's like. <laughs> What are you doing? Like, was DJU truly bad enough that you had Streeter, to bench him? Or everyone, Streeter is back. He is truly ruining quarterbacks. Brandon Streeter ruins quarterbacks. You you can't prove otherwise. You have no evidence. Chris Drew is correct. So, Chris Drew is yes. correct. So that's one question: is like, who's going to take it? 
I mean, I don't think that it's like a rumor or anything can that we just Ted not Klubnik talk about the starter, but who's going to start at quarterback for Clemson we, this week? Can we honestly, just, can we just not, can we talk about how the fact that I, we, we don't have to talk about the fact that I had DJU and my Heisman at number three, like three weeks ago. Uh, no, we don't have to do that, but we could, we could okay. talk about how Notre Dame has beaten all the good teams in the ACC. And if they just joined a conference, all those true. terrible losses they had to Stanford, uh, to Ohio state and to Marshall could like be erased and they could have an ACC title at the end of the year. But they won't have it. It's just going to be a lame eight and four season. See, if you haven't noticed, Bryce, Josh is still salty about the fact that Notre Dame hasn't joined a conference. Um, <laughs> but I will say this: my my thing is is I think this is the end of the era for Clemson. I, that's just my thought. Um, I could be completely wrong. But when you think, say the end of an era, do you mean as a playoff contender or even being good at all? Playoff contender. I, I don't see them coming back. I don't see them in. I could see them getting to like six or seven every year, but I don't know if I could see them consistently being up there in the top four. That's I just could, my, my, my. Yeah, thought. I I think uh, I think they can definitely go like nine and three or ten and two, just because I mean the ACC is like we don't have like what, Miami has done nothing to show me that they're on the rise. Yeah. Florida State's kind of there. North Carolina, if they can get a defense, uh, as long as Drake Mays there can be competitive. But that conference, man, I think I think Clemson can always win nine or ten games there. But being a playoff contender, and if the ACC is not getting respect, dude, they're not going to respect a uh, conference championship out of the yeah. ACC, even if you are, you know, finishing twelve and one. Yeah, depending yeah. on the rest of the field. So I'm going to go. I will go Clemson this game, just because I think Louisville is not. I don't. You don't think uh, you don't believe in Malik Cunningham? I feel like we're just—it's like we're picking between horseshoes and hand grenades at this point. Like, who's going to be the better on that day? Grenade right? like, because it'll explode the horseshoe. Oh my goodness, dude! Oh my <laughs> word. Um, so I'm going to go Clemson, thirty-five, Louisville, twenty-eight. I think twenty-four, something like that. So that's what I'm going to go with, Bryce. I really, really want to go Louisville, but Clemson. <laughs> I really want to go Louisville too, and I'm just going to do it because I haven't had the balls to pick Arkansas <laughs> against LSU. So I'm going to go ahead and say Louisville. That'll be my upset pick this week. Louisville over Clemson. If I had to make an upset pick, if it was a rule, that's what I'd pick. But it's not a rule, so I'm picking Clemson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I am taking Texas to beat TCU. Is that technically an upset since Vegas oh, yeah. says I mean, Texas is winning? So am I, I guess. Kind of. Is uh, okay. That's my. Upset. It's weird because next... TCU is ranked fourth, but yeah. Texas is the Vegas favorite. So I don't know who. Depending on who you ask, I'm I guess. guessing the next game is a high state game, right? Uh, I had one more, and that's North Carolina at Wake Forest. Ooh. Just Ooh, because North Carolina, people. I bring it up just because North Carolina is quietly only had only has one loss right now. Can still win the ACC. Could even be like a dark horse playoff contender, but they got to win this game against Wake Forest. And the defense at UNC has been what's been holding them back Bad. and making them not win by as much as they probably should. Sam Hartman's a quarterback that could definitely tear this defense up. This was an exciting game last season, guys. I don't know if you watched it, but both teams I think ended up in the sixties last yeah. year. I so. uh this is at Wake. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Is this like another team that can trip up North Carolina similar to how I, Notre Dame yeah. did? I think it's going to be – I truly believe this is when North Carolina loses, and I think it's going to be uh, Wake Forest uh, – I think it's going to be Wake Forest 48, North Carolina 41. I think Drake may still going to get his numbers, but I just think this defense is not good, and I think this defense is not going to be able to contain Sam Hartman. So, yeah. Bryce, what about you? Think of North Carolina, um, but 
I can't believe we're you're just spitting on that ranked UCF and Tulane matchup right now. It's uh, seventeen <laughs> oh, versus stop. twenty-two. Come on. <laughs> you want? Do you want to talk? I mean, I don't have anything to add. Like, I don't know. Anything I have about no notes team. to add other than UCF's going to win. <laughs> I have no stat other than UCF. I mean, they have a national Listen, championship the on their resume, win. and Tulane doesn't. So the Green Wave UCF, is going to win. UCF. Tulane with the logo that looks like a sixth grader drew it. <laughs> Josh, we didn't hear your pick, by the way, Josh. Uh, Wait for us or, or uh, that's right, or North Carolina. Give me North Carolina. I think they can win a shootout, but it's yeah. it's gonna be uh it's gonna be close, way closer than what it should be. If only their defense could get some stops. And then Tulane UCF. I'm just gonna take UCF because <laughs> higher higher ranking and. National championship on their resume. Oh, stop. Well, just actually, stop. UCF's the just stop. yeah, UCF's the lower rank, ranked right now. They're, they're Are 22. They? Yeah. Yeah, they're 22. Shoot. Now I don't know yeah. how I'm supposed to pick. Tulane's 17, but Jeez. I think UCF's better. So Tulane does have a quality win over Kansas State with a healthy Adrian Martinez. Mm, Kansas State's overrated. <laughs> they might lose to Baylor this week. <clears throat> they might. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about? Can we, can we briefly talk still about? Still give the, me UCF. Yeah. Based we, on nothing. Good choice, Josh. I would ask that we can talk briefly about the Ohio State game from last week. From last week, you don't want to talk about uh, the big important matchup they got this no, week against IU. I, I'm combining the two. Combining the two. Okay. I mean, like briefly talk about it. I just want to open this because I know Bryce watched last week's game and Josh. Did you watch last week's game too? I did not. I was okay. hearing a lot of what was going on. Yeah. So for those of you that didn't watch, um, there was literally about 50 miles an hour per wind, uh, mile an hour per wind, mile per hour wind. There we go. Um, mile per hour wind. It was literally blowing sideways and everything like that. So when I always tell people, when you just look at the box score, it looks like CJ Stroud had the worst game of his career, which in some cases, yes, he did. But in other cases, if you would watch that game, and Bryce, you can touch on this too, it was probably the hardest game I've... I, I'm a former quarterback, and it's it was probably one of the hardest games I've ever seen a quarterback struggle with balls carrying or you know, going sideways because of the way the wind's blowing. Um, there are a few things that worry me about Ohio State, um, but the biggest thing that worries me is the fact that one is that it took this long to realize that CJ Stroud is an actual a threat that could run if needed, if we would just draw some of these plays up. And the second mm-hmm. thing is the the fact that the offensive line just did not get a bounce off of the the Northwestern defense, which is which is something that should happen and they need to fix um, before I think this week against Indiana, next week against Maryland, before that Michigan game, they need to fix it. They should run the ball ninety five percent of the time if you need to to get it fixed or whatever you need to do. Um, yeah. But I will say, I, I think the defense last week played tremendous. Like, and I'm telling people this, it might not seem like it, and but it's like you watch. I mean, yeah, they, they gave up some runs here and there, but overall, this this defense, JTT, and the way the linebackers played, I mean, just played a really great game. And so it looked like a rough game. It's like you scored only 21 points against Northwestern. Yeah, but if you would have watched the game and what the weather was in, I think we would you would have been proud if your team scored 21 points. Bryce, go ahead and add what you want to add. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you pretty much hit all the points there. Uh, I agree with you on everything. I, my disappointment while watching that game was just more so like, oh, this is the third week in a row where it seems like we're not doing much. And yeah, the weather is was a factor, and I'm glad that it looks like the playoff uh, committee. Yeah, they did do that. Yeah, which I was really happy about. 
Yeah, granted, though, I mean, everybody else kind of around them still they lost, got. But. Yeah, when you got three of the top six teams losing, like that was the week to struggle with Northwestern if there ever was one. Yeah, yeah. if it's going to happen. I, I just really want to see Ohio State go out there and just blow out Indiana. I, no, I, 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 I see so good. I really think, Bryce, that I think Ohio State this week will – this is my my hot take and my prediction this week is that Ohio State will win the game by 40 points and they will run the ball for 200-plus yards. I, I believe yeah. that Ryan Day is going to sit there and go, okay, if we throw for 200, great. If we don't throw for 200, that's fine. Who cares? We need to show Michigan and all these other teams because I read an article today that said Ohio State is the most – overlooked team right now is sitting at number two in the college football rankings because when this team is on par and Bryce and Josh, you both seen it when a high state is playing at the top end of their level this year, this is a team that I don't think any team in the country wants to face because they're good defensively. Yeah, offensively, and good offensively. Yeah. It, I just, I, as a fan, I don't want to feel like we're there because everybody around us lost. I want to feel like we're there because yeah, we've exactly. earned being in that two spot. And if we're basing it on the past, like three weeks, I don't think, I don't feel like we're there because yeah, of course, we're the number two team. Yeah. But I do think our offense is the most explosive and the best. But it just sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't. I need it to click consistently to think that we can beat Michigan this year. And um, I don't. I mean, this is a separate point, but I'm more excited for this Ohio State Michigan game this year than I think I have been for. It's been since the game, since the game, and and since the game of the century. I think it was in 06 when it was one versus two. This is the most excited I've been since then. Yeah. When it's just Same. like this is going to be a heavy hitting powerhouse. Yeah, and I'm gr- I'm glad that I like feel scared for it. Like oh, Michigan's good. They're good. They're good. <laughs> Michigan's yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, I'll just add in because you guys have already kind of touched on it all. Three straight games now, Ohio State's offensive line has struggled against uh, a defensive line, opening up holes in the run game. Like, mm-hmm. you could you could excuse it maybe against Iowa and just to Iowa's a good defense and a Penn State because Penn State, top 15 team in the country. Yeah. But Northwestern, whose defensive line I'm sure is full of two- and three-star recruits, you couldn't open up a lane for Mayan Williams when all your guys got probably 30 pounds on the your opponent yeah. and maybe two or three stars on him. It's like if we ever end up in a situation where, say, you're playing a team like Georgia, who has a secondary that can lock up Ohio State's receivers like they did Tennessee's last week, which means that you have to be able to run the football. Will your offensive line be able to open up holes against a defensive line like that? Or if you play Michigan in the elements in Columbus, Ohio, and you have to deal with that bad weather again, are you going to be able to open up run lanes against Michigan's defensive line. I don't know if you can right now. Like that's, we've seen Ohio State at its best be one of the best offenses in the country, one of the best defenses in the country. And I think that's what's helped them with the committee at least is they got Georgia one, Ohio State two, who are probably the two best teams on offense and defense in the country. We've seen that Tennessee's offense, uh, it's got its limitations. When you don't have a defense, you're going to lose some games. We've seen it with Bama. We've seen it with some of those other teams too. So now if you're Ohio State, it's like, okay, can we run the football when the pass game isn't isn't going to like work? I don't know if you can right now. My biggest thing is this. Ryan Day, if you're listening, I know you are. You listen to our podcast every week, obviously. <laughs> um, I would like to say this. Could you just like run not screen passes the first three plays of the game? <laughs> just how, Can we just run the ball? Like, And this is the thing. I said this to my dad on the phone. Ohio State needs to stop running these zone. It's sorry, right, It's not actually not their choice. It's the running backs have decided to bounce out all these runs outside. I'm like, I'm sorry. If there's a hole down the middle, when did Travion Henderson get his touchdown on against Penn State? It was right down between the A gap. It was straight down the A and B gap. It was straight down there, straight down there. Run north and south, not east and west. 
I'm tired of seeing these like juke it out. It's like, dude, some of my favorite running backs of all time are guys that just put their heads down and said, screw it. Right. Like Zeke Elliott, Trey, Trey Sermon for high state. That's what they did. They just put their head down and outran people and ran people over. I want to see more of that from a high state running backs, not doing all these jiffing and jiving and all these different things. Mm. Um, because I think, and, and then if you can have Stroud do a read option four times a game, that opens up your whole passing options, your running options, because the teams have to then have an end there to go, oh, he might actually run um, because we saw what he can do when he does get out in the open. They are slowly but surely kind of putting that on tape, I think. We've seen CJ uh, in the games leading up to even that Northwestern one, like take off for like a couple like scrambles, I guess you could say. And then in Northwestern, it was just kind of like, these guys aren't catching the football. We can't throw it. I'll go and do it myself. So... He's got and wheels, he it. but people don't realize he's actually got some wheels on him. Like when he gets out well, and going, he's got some wheels on him. It's nothing that's gonna like, you know, impress anybody like at the yeah. combine with the 40 yard dash. But but it's kind of like those long strides, similar to like what Terrell Pryor had. Yeah. Pryor could actually run though, but I think the strides help. Like he it doesn't look like he's running fast, but he's probably running faster than like what you think. Yeah. So yeah, I I I agree. Those are some great games. OSU is a forty point favorite yes. too against IU, See, so they better cover it. that. They better Bam. freaking cover that. I, IU I think is a bottom twenty scoring defense They're and really offense. Bad. They're really bad. They're very very bad. So I don't think that we may not be able to find out if you actually can run in that game because they're going to be passing it a ton. That's true. Marv's going to have an insane game. Dude, as long love, as by the way, windy. can I just point out a fact here? Marvin Harrison is the best wide receiver in the country right now. He might yeah. be. He he literally is. It, by the way, I want to th- throw you a, a stat. Out of his, I think, 48 catches I think he has, I believe it's like near 40 of them go for first downs. But let's just think about this for a second. 40 of his catches have gone for first downs. And I think he's only had like five catches that are under five yards. So think about that for a second. Like this man is like a go-to guy like if you need to get a first down where does cj Stroud go you know where he's going and it's marvin harrison jr who by the way looks and runs like his dad he just is about four inches taller yeah freaky athlete but uh that's kind of like i guess the rundown of some of the teams and yeah. games want to quickly go through uh power rankings and heisman let's do then. it let's do it All right. i'll lead off the power rankings yeah. so i've kind of already alluded to some of these and it's going to be similar to what the committee thinks but uh i got georgia one ohio state two i'm going to keep michigan at three um, I'm going to, this is where it gets tricky, Uh-oh. man. I'm going to put Tennessee at four. Ooh. And then since I'm picking, I know I'm picking Texas to beat TCU, but I still think TCU can probably beat most teams in the country right now. So I'm going to go ahead and put TCU five. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go run down last week. I did have a high state first, which will not happen this week. And then I had Georgia two. Brian Tennessee Grant. Thanks you. Yeah, dude, Brian Grant. Dude, okay, first of all, I want to address this. I'm going to stop this real quick right here, okay? Brian Grant, if you would actually listen to our podcast instead of just jumping on, at, by the way, four, three days after the games even existed. And by the way, if you look at the post date, it was always before the games or like halfway through the first. Like, by the way, just never mind. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, it drives me nuts that he thinks I'm biased. Like, okay, who else are you going to have above Ohio State? Name it. Who who else at that time? Joel Clapp that had Ohio time. State one. The yeah, Cranes had Ohio State at one for a little while like, there. I'm like Brian Grant. Okay, I love BG. BG, I love you. You know, I'm you're a great guy, but still, shut up. Um, 
So I had a high state one, Georgia two, uh, Tennessee three, Michigan four, Alabama five. This week I have Ohio State at two. I have Georgia. So I have Georgia at one, high state at two. I have Michigan at three. At four, I have TCU, believer in believer in Duggan. And then at five, um, I have Tennessee. Uh, I believe Tennessee is the is still in the top five for me. So pretty much what it is what the the committee had. So that's that's my power rankings. Bryce, what about you? My power rankings, uh, the top three for me was fairly easy. I, Georgia, number one. Um, Ohio State, number two. Tennessee, number three. I think they're still up there. Again, this isn't based on the playoffs. This is just yeah, – right. This is a power yeah. ranking. It's not a playoff poll. It's not an AP top 25. Yeah. Yeah. It is a power ranking. And number four, I got Michigan. And number five, I don't know why, but I just could not pick anyone else. But I still have Alabama on the top <laughs> <laughs> I know they lost to LSU. I just, I think on any given I mean, game, like nine times out of 10, they'd beat LSU. In your defense, if those games against Texas, against LSU, and against Tennessee were at Alabama, they might have been walking out with a win. That's mm-hmm. true. Those are five or three tough road games that were all decided by a total of five points. Exactly. That is true. Yeah. So that Alabama is- still with five. There we go. Those are games that tip past Alabama teams are winning by a lot more than that. But yeah, I mean, Alabama's still a really good football team at the end of the day. Hey. I just don't think they're playoff caliber. So the question is, Josh, has your Heisman list changed? That's it has. <laughs> and I struggle with who I'm going to put at the top. Oh, just please. Because don't. everybody's like, let me explain. CJ Stroud has just kind of been like de facto number one, just because it's like, I mean, he looks like the best, like he's had his stretches where he struggled. He's had his overall games like this weekend and Rutgers where he didn't look his best. And then head and hooker has kind of been riding on the fact that Tennessee has an undefeated record could be winning the sec. You know, it's a good story. The numbers may not be as high as some of these other quarterbacks. Oh, you better not do what I think you're going to (laughs) do. Uh, what do you think I'm going to do? But first, I thought you were going to just put Drake May up there at one. I thought about it. It, th- it crossed my mind, dude, because I was like, since there's no like real narrative to go off of, shouldn't we just go with like who has all the totals right now? Because that is Drake May. Yeah. So instead of putting Drake May at one, I just decided to leave number one blank and put three people at number two, Hendon Hooker, CJ Stroud, and Drake oh May. Oh, my God. <laughs> you cheater. I cheated. I cheated. I needed you know uh, gonna, until you know how hard it's going to be to make that graphic. Oh my word! You just made my job three times harder. You Gosh. could just put all three of them and put them all number two, number two, number two. Fine, there, whatever. fixed it for you. Jeez. But you still number need to fit three more. Under what is it? Fourth and two fifth more then? here. So now we're at fourth and fifth. So fourth, I'm bumping up Bo Nix into the list, the new face. Bo Nix at number four. He's been earning it, dude, and that's what made it so hard to take out one of these guys in my other list because it's like okay. Who do I take out? Because Bo Nix clearly earns it, but who's falling out? I decided to drop out Max Duggan, put Blake Corum at five. So at oh one, none. At two, Hooker Stroud May. At three, Nix. I mean, technically at four, Nix. Five, Blake Corum. 
Okay, I'm honestly in shock. Like, by the way, everyone knows I did not know this before we started recording. So, like, I'm literally. I know that Aaron Lynn put like a tie, like when he did the show early in the season, and I, we kind of gave him a little hard time about it. But it's just like I don't know who's winning the Heisman right now. Like Bryce Young won the Heisman last year basically by default because nobody ran away with it, and I feel like we're in a similar situation right now. Yeah, where it's like who do we like? Yeah, as much as we can, we want to argue that okay, C.J. Stroud, like the weather had a lot to do with that game. It's still happening. That's still a stat yeah. line. Yeah, I mean, but I think we also have to look overall game and I think game performance, what they've done overall, I think in how they've played. So for me, I just I, I couldn't change much in my list because I just felt like there was no one that really did a lot last week. Um, so CJ Stroud is still number one for me. I just think he proved something last week that I think is that he answered a question that we all had about him. And I think that was something that even though he struggled passing, he answered a question that we didn't know about him. And if he would be willing to do, and he did it. So by the way, because I think some of those were his choices, does he want to run or not? And so that to me showed something that he did do. And so I have, I have CJ Stroud at one at two. I actually have Drake may. I think Drake may is he's just slowly just been creeping on my mind. Like, man, this guy has a legit shot to win the Heisman. And um, so he's at two for me. Three is a Hendon hooker. I just think his game. I just felt like I watched that game and I was like, where is Hendon hooker? Like, where's this guy that everyone's saying is better than Stroud that is going to win the Heisman? I was like, I, I don't see it. Um, and that was against a big, uh, his the, that game he needed to cement himself. Because if he wins that game, he wins Even the both Heisman. both Bama and Georgia, it's, it's like, over. he would have locked it up. Yeah. So, Hennon Hooker at three for me. Four, I have a man, Duggan. And then uh, at five, I have, oh, gosh, I have Blake Corum. Yeah, just hey. move on from that. So, there you uh, go. those are my hey, five. I'm going to go ahead and make your life easier with that graphic because that is a good point that you brought up about cj we've he answered a question we now know that he has that dog in him so i will put him at one may at two hooker at three bo nix at four and blake quorum at five that'll make the graphic easier yeah okay yes i will say this i was gonna put that's also a true one through five that is true actually (laughs) uh i i did say with bo nix i was gonna put bo nix in he was at six for me but because i i have tcu winning against texas i feel like I need to go with that. Undefeated so, TCU yeah, narrative so, is really good. So Bo Nix for me. Yeah, so Bo Nix for me, it's just right on the outside. Maybe next week he's in there. So what about you, Bryce? Yeah, so last time I did it, I didn't quite know what I was talking about. I haven't always been a big follower of the Heisman race, but this week I looked into it quite a bit more, and dang, it was tough. I mean, there were so many names that I could put on my top five. Uh, Stetson Bennett, Bo Nix, uh, was a USC kid, Caleb Williams. But uh, my my top five ended up being – well, I'll go ahead and start with five and go to one. I think it makes a little more uh, suspenseful. <laughs> I think at five, I still have a TCU, Duggan. I think if he loses this week, we'll see him fall off. But he's still there. Uh, number four, we got uh, May from North Carolina. Number three, we have uh, Michigan's running back, Corum. I'm kind of looking at that as like an MVP. How would we view an MP, MVP in the NFL? So – Hey, to me, he's that offense right now in Michigan. He's carrying them. And he is good, the so. offense for them. Yeah. And then uh, we got Hooker at two, and I still got Stroud at number one. I, I think he's still the favorite. I think by the end of the year, he's going to keep it. Yeah. All right. That's I agree. Power rankings and Heisman list. There you have it, folks. Check. A lot of the same names, slightly different orders among us. And Ben, have proved, a true one and through ben, five helped, now. And ben helped Josh understand the true reason. <laughs> 
And I still don't like putting Stroud at one, but it's like if you wanted an argument for like who should be at one right now between those three guys, at least we did learn something from CJ. We didn't learn anything I mean, he, positive he from ran, Booker. Think about it. He ran for more than he threw. It's impressive. Yeah, never thought that we'd see that in a CJ Stroud stat line. But Bryce, you are the resident UFC expert. We have, I don't know how much time we have left of yours, but this card is interesting there's some big matchups on it not as big as the last card but i mean everybody i'm sure is excited to see dustin poirier versus michael chandler and israel Desanya, Alex Pereira. Yeah. i've wanted to see the dustin poirier chandler fight i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast but i've wanted to see this fight since before chandler even called out poirier like i thought dang that would be the perfect matchup they're both like stand and bang meet in the center kind of guys that the matchup is just so fun. Poirier has better jujitsu than some um some would say. Um Chandler's a great wrestler. Dang, I mean three rounds. Since it's a three-round fight and not five, they're not gonna like, mm-hmm. take their time and ease into it first. Right. It's gonna be an all-out banger. We've seen Poirier's Chandler take some big shots too. Like oh, I, was I it Tony Ferguson that he knocked with that kick? Yeah, and Ferguson was winning that fight until then. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone would dispute that. And all of Chandler's fights have been so exciting and just absolute bangers and this is kind of i don't know how much more damage he can take like to me this is kind of his last real chance to maybe work his way to another title shot if he wins this maybe he could have another one maybe set himself up for a title shot same situation with poirier he's had his title shots a couple times i think he'd have to win this and then maybe one more the whole lightweight division is just kind of a mess with the rankings right now with islam makachev winning Charles sure. Oliveira is still amazing. Gaethje has needs his chance. Well, he's had his chance, but I mean, I meant to say Darius needs his chance. He he's due for a title. I don't know how it's going to shape up the division, but it'll answer a lot of questions like who stays, who goes, right? Because um, they're both kind of getting up there in age and in their careers. But there's just so many exciting things about the fight. You, you don't even if you're not a fight fan or a UFC fan and just like think martial arts is cool or something. It's going to be an awesome fight. If you want to say anything on it, you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the last time we talked, we talked about how uh, stacked that lightweight division really is. And Michael Chandler, regardless if he wins or loses, always seems to put up a big fight, put up a big show. But uh, right now, Vegas has Poirier as a minus 230 favorite. Yeah. Would you say I that's accurate? That's fair. I would say that's accurate, yep. Yeah. Poirier's just got more, more experience. He's, he's just... A little bit better at everything, I think. <laughs> yeah. He's got a 28 and 7 record. Chandler's got a 23 and 7. So, same losses, but Poirier's got five extra wins. Um, I, I would like to point out a stat. I have a stat. I have done have research. Stat. All right. I have, ben coming from I have done some not playing Candy Crush anymore. Those I'm days not are actually. back. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> you did not. He has, he has a, um, a 51% striking accuracy. And I'm talking about, um, what's his face? Dustin Poirier. The mm. diamond has a fifty-one percent striking accuracy and a thirty-seven percent takedown accuracy, which could cause him some issues if I'm doing my logic and math correctly. Um, but I will also say he has a sixty-four percent takedown defense, which means if I do my math correctly, is pretty good. So yeah, no, that's that's really good. I'm he just saying he wins fifty-four percent of his fights by KO or TKO which means yep. time kettle option. I don't know. Um, but I will say those are Ben Bowden stats and I have now lived, <laughs> given out. And I will say, yeah, I don't, Justin I don't Poirier see the, I don't see winning. the fight. I don't see the fight going out of 
going to the decision. It, there's going to be a knockout one way or the other. That's I just how so well these guys fight. Josh, are you Corey proud of me? Are... Man, did you say TKO? Like, what did you say? It's it's a time for? kettle option. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it. Poirier wins with a round three knockout. And by the way, if you guys like hot sauce, Dustin Poirier has his own hot sauce brand. Really? really? Is it good? Have you had it? <laughs> Yeah, I have, and he just came out with a new one, like a maple flavor. See, well, I don't know. See, I Josh, I was on task. He wasn't on task. I was on task. Just man, yeah. how am I supposed to know he's got a hot sauce brand? Man, does it help that I know that Connor has like his own whiskey company? Okay, that does. Yeah. That, everyone. So, does. I mean, last time Poirier and McGregor fought, they were like advertising each other's products, like. Before McGregor went rogue again and became a jerk again, he was like, "Oh, look at Poirier's product! It's so jerk cool." Again. Yeah, but uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that fight's gonna be so fun, man. Don't don't miss it. it any college football game is not. The other thing too that helps me is. is that this main card starts at 10 p.m., not 2 p.m. Like the last <laughs> lovely. So it starts at like at like four in the morning for me. Five in the morning. <laughs> yeah, lovely. sorry, Ben's Ben's screwed, but it helps my schedule out a lot. Um, I guess uh. Is there anything to watch for with uh, Carla Esparza and Zhang Weili, which I definitely messed those names <laughs> Weili Zhang. Uh, Weili Zhang was the first Chinese champion in the women's. She's not the champion right now. Esparza is, but she she did have it at one point, lost it to Rose Namajunas at UFC 261, tried to get it back, lost again. Um, Esparza and Rose fought, I don't know how long ago, it was a few months ago, and it was the one of the most boring fights of all time. I don't know if you watched it or not. <laughs> but um, Asparza won by decision, and there was like ten strikes lined of the whole fight. It was just so miserable to watch. It, I don't see Asparza standing a chance against Weili Zhang. Her, her strength is insane. It, her training regime is just insane. I don't expect that fight to maybe even go out of the first round. Weili Zhang's a heavy favorite too. Uh, yeah, I think she gets the belt. She gets the belt back, and I think she holds it for a while. She, she's uh, she's. Really I have good. stats. <laughs> Josh, I have stats. Ben with the stats. Let's yes. hear him. Um, so uh, Magnum is what uh, Zhang Weili is uh, is called. Um, and um, she has a 48% striking accuracy. So a little less than half percent, half of the time. But she does have 60% takedown. Uh, and then she has this other thing, 5.78 SIG point STR point landed. So significant <laughs> strikes, I'm guessing that's what it's yeah. called. Yep. You look at that. Yep. Um, and uh, she wins 50% of her matches by KO. And I'm going to predict the Chinese come back and they build a great wall of China <laughs> and defend. Right. I think so too. I, I hope she's going to have a great wall because Carla Esparza is a great wrestler and great taking down. So she, she's going to have to show her defense and show that her ground game is improved. Mm. There we go. Moving on to the main event. This um, is one that I've been excited about for a long time. Um, Israel Adesanya um, versus Alex Pereira. The storyline with uh, Pereira defeating Adesanya back in their kickboxing days twice, I think, is super, uh, super exciting. Uh, but in UFC, at least, Pereira's only got a 6-1 and one record. Adesanya's 23-1. and one. Adesanya is a minus 210 favorite here, but... I mean, Bryce has even uh, discussed it with me before in the past. The last couple of title fights between or that Adesanya's had, he's kind of just been a, doing just enough to win. He hasn't really been taking many shots or like any kind of strikes. And all I hear about is what a great striker he is. But I've just never been able to see it since I've started to follow yeah. UFC a little bit more close. But I have heard 
that Pereira is like a KO guy. And I mean, he's done it to Adesanya in the past. And I mean, I think if Izzy, you know, tries to fight the way he has his last three or four title fights, this could, this could have upset written all over it. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, yeah, I remember telling you about this one before. You did. You he told already, me about Pereira, and I watched his before fight he even before they fought his last fight, and I was like, he's gonna beat this guy, and then right, he's and then he's gonna fight Izzy, and I was like, really? Oh man! And then he's gonna beat Izzy. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I. I mean, if if we get the Izzy that we got when he um, you can't hurt me. I'm prepared to die. That Izzy. Yeah. When, no when he fought Kevin Gaslam, yeah. then I I think it's be it'll be hard to pick against Adesanya because. This is MMA, not just kickboxing. Right. But I've never seen Adesanya have any kind of ground game. I haven't seen Piera have any kind of ground game either. So, so I don't know. It. I want this fight to be really exciting and bloodbath. But something tells me it's going to end up being like kind of boring and technical. And not not that technical fights are always boring, but for the most for like a casual fan, you know, they're going to want to see a lot more beaten up and blood <laughs> yeah i don't think we're gonna get i think it's gonna probably go down to a decision and I, right now i'm favoring para it's it's hard to pick though because it, it really because i think adesanya has the ability to win this fight nine times out of ten but with all the drama behind it in the past and i think it, it's probably getting to his head more than he's leading on um especially just listening to the press conferences and everything um i'm gonna go para in a and i'm gonna say split decision Mm. I'm going to go Adesanya, the last style bender, with a roundhouse kick to the jaw, and it knocks him out. Adesanya Good keeps man. the belt. You see that? Mm-hmm. See that? Mm. Josh, I want to see Adesanya learning. lose. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll admit it. I want to see him lose. It's all about the prep. It's all about the pregame antics. And have you seen his dances? They're unreal. It's like WWE. It's amazing. He had, a, he had the well, Undertaker he- entrance the last time he fought. Against Jared Cannonier, I think it was. Yeah. If Adesanya loses, though, I think it's going to force him to like be really entertaining again, you know, and fight. Two yeah, times I will to say, get to a I will say, I've heard from my UFC f- f- friends that like like watching it. They say that like he just seems like he's metal- mellowed down so much that like people don't really enjoy always watching his stuff because they feel like it's not the same. Like I, pre- I'm prepared yeah, to he, die. He, <laughs> like, he's just fighting to keep the belt. He's not fighting to to right. die in there and to give the fans a show. He literally likes keeping the belt, keeping the paycheck that comes with it. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't blame him to agree, right. but like, some point. To him, like, he's doing, like, what – I don't want to say what most guys do, but, I mean, it's smart, like, minimal damage to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the it, process, it keeps his career going longer. But That's true. I think I think we do. He does need to face a guy that actually is going to force him to fight a little bit. I thought Jerry Cannonier might have been that guy, but he kind of uh, got a little timid after that first round. Yeah, yeah. So Pira strides fast, man. It, it, I mean, it, I could be very wrong. It might not be a boring kind of just one punch here, one punch there. I mean, it might just be stand in the middle, a bunch of quick punches are thrown, and then it's over. I, I don't know. But that's yeah. the beauty of the fighting. You just don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> For sure. And, uh, I mean, since Pereira has beaten him twice in the past, uh, maybe this is uh, the time that Izzy gets his mojo back, defeats him in the third one. Uh, also, uh, finally, uh, I guess, reaches that point where it's like, okay, he does have to fight. And we see Pereira bring out the best version of Adesanya. So mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah, go ahead and take round, Izzy. It's a five-round fight. So right. maybe it'll start off slow and then brings him out. I'm going to take Izzy to defend the title. And I think that it's going to be 
you know, one that we see a lot of striking in. Uh, I, I hope I'm right about that. It's what I want to see. I'm hoping for that. And I'm going to go ahead and say that's my prediction as well. Maybe like a split decision. I don't know if this is like necessarily knockout, but I'll go with the split decision with you as well. But I think it, it's going to be, you know, a, a more aggressive fight from Izzy that we haven't mm. seen in a while. Mm. I hope so. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. One other thing on that too, Bryce. Uh, Pereira's record's only six and one, so very minimal UFC experience. How do how do you think Dana White picked this matchup? Do you think the history between the two played into that, or is is he just kind of beating all the best guys in the weight class, and he's looking for maybe a, a younger contender to maybe get a shot? I think it's a mix of everything. I think Dana did see that the dude has potential. I mean, he wouldn't have just matched him up with Sean Strickland like right away, knowing that. Strickland was like a one fight away from a title shot. I, I think he really saw his ability and his potential. Was like, well, this just makes so much sense. Let's put the fight together. Winner gets a shot. But I think he knew in the back of his mind that Piero was going to win. And if he does, I mean, what what are you going to lose? It, it sets up the perfect story. And they, oh, yeah. they do set up fights for stories, whether they want to play it off or not. I mean, I, it's, it's in a way. You got to like, give the know, people what they want at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean. What's going to make you more money, honestly? On the, who's going to you're going to be more prone to buying a pay per view if it can, brings that story together? And there, how can you pass up a story like that? Losing the kickboxing twice. So I right. think it's a mix of everything, but I think it probably is mostly because of the story. I mean, the fact that he even got to fight Strickland so so quickly to, mm-hmm. to get so he basically to get to one fight away from a title shot. So yeah. yeah. And then just wrapping up the UFC discussion. Uh, Future title shots. Do you think Sean O'Malley earned a title shot against Islam in the lightweight? Uh, no. <laughs> you mean well, so you're saying for for Sean O'Malley to move up and fight in the lightweight? Well, isn't that a uh, who? Isn't that who he'd be playing? So Sean no. O'Malley's in the Excuse me, I mixed fight. up the classes. That's my fault. It should be Aljamain Sterling, right? Yeah, so, I mixed that up. Yeah, so he should be getting a title shot against Aljamain now, right? Uh, I think there's a couple other guys that would deserve a shot for O'Malley. The, the whole O'Malley thing makes absolutely no sense. And, and this one I won't defend, Dana. <laughs> this is for the UFC. This is clearly a story trying to make another Conor McGregor thing. It, the, the last fight he was even in is arguable that he even won. I, I, I had it the other way. It was close. To the, I think Marlon Chito Vera makes way more sense for another title title shot. Uh, Diva, Diva Shilly, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, makes more sense for a title shot. Um, but what makes a lot of sense, which is actually correct on o- O'Malley's analysis, is he should just fight um, Cheeto Vera, who, whom he lost to before with a leg injury, mm. for an interim title. Because Sterling claims he's going to be out till mid-next year, which is ridiculous. So oh, wow. have O'Malley and Cheeto Vera fight each other. For an interim belt, go. and they can just kind of act as a champion until get the revenge. Because that's that's O'Malley's only loss in the UFC, right? Yeah, and that would be a crazy fight because Cheeto. Yeah, Vera we'd love to see, we'd love to see the rematch then. Yeah, and if you want to talk about stories too, I mean, yeah. that story <laughs> for sure. All right, I think right. Uh, I think that's everything. Yeah. Uh, since we are a sports podcast, I did want to point out that the Astros won the World Series in six games the other day. So I guess uh, that's all the baseball talk. Mm. Uh, needed yep. to be said josh is right and yeah i mean now we get to move on to mlb free agency yeah it's gonna be fun <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun things to talk about in the future for but sure. uh first off we want to say thank you again bryce for joining us we thank you for your knowledge and your wisdom um and uh it's it's fun to fun to talk with a with a fellow sport 
lover that loves to talk about all different types of sports and cover a lot of different things. So, yeah. So thank you so much, Bryce. And for all of you out there that have been watching, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you make sure you like this video. Make sure you share this video. Do whatever you have to do to share it with people because we want to hear it like Brian Grant. Watch our videos. You'll be able to see what we truly are meaning, not just a little snippet. So those, anytime you want to know what we're talking about, come over here and uh, share it with your friends and, and family as well. And if you're on Spotify, make sure you give us a nice rating. Who's better at picking UFC fights, Josh or Ben? Give us a rating on what you think. I mean, personally, I am, but that's just I don't think thoughts. we differed on any this time, that unfortunately. Is that is true. But we'll, we'll um, see if we are good at picking fights. That is true. Um, but overall, it was a great episode. We hope you guys have a great time. Hope you guys loved it watching this or listening to this. And uh, have a great weekend. Make sure you go watch some sports. There's a lot of great things happening this weekend. College basketball, NBA, college football, NFL, UFC. Eagles on primetime. Yeah. You name it. It's happening Whoa, this weekend. Eagles Hey, you, you name it, it's happening this weekend. So hopefully you guys have a great one. Have some fun with family. And until next time, we'll see ya. <laughs>